big news, big huge news, Tumex Hologram Radio. That's right, platform collection family member Tumex has burst onto the radio scene finally. That's uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. That's at 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. So, you know, it's uh, the end of the night. You get back from the bar and you've had a night of partying. Tune into Tumex Hologram Radio. Man, all that shit we talked and uh, he's got his own radio show. K-Day. <laughs> all right. Good job. We're very, very... Uh, I'm just kidding, of course. We're very, very, very proud of Tumex. He's just doing amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, it's going to be an amazing show. Looking forward to that. That's on K-Day, Tumex Hologram Radio. Tumex called me up. Said, Walrus, can you write my theme song to my new podcast? Said, what's your podcast called? hologram podcast ma'am it's been a minute i think and uh we're happy that happy to be back in effect this episode is it episode 30 no 20 something and we're still in the 20s 27 um, no it's it's we're it's, it's getting arbitrary now but i want to thank awal one for the intro um i want to thank platform collection for hosting the show and coming to the house we're actually this is the first show that's actually uh, not getting filmed at my house in in, uh, in Windsor Hills. We're actually in a beautiful uh, San Bernardino, California, which is um, my basically my adopted home as well as Long Beach, California. But I'd like to thank Platform Collection for hosting, and I uh, hope you guys, if you're if you're in tune with this podcast, that you get in tune to all the other podcasts that they have. You know, what I'm saying they have Crappy Awesome and they have uh, Culture Sessions and stuff, and I always say this, but I really mean this. The, the cookbook podcast is just horrible. I just listened to it. I was like, wow, what the fuck is this shit? Like, this shit was like the worst shit. He called me yesterday asking me about something that I owed him. He, uh, I guess we owed him like $1,000 from some performance. And I was like, dude, have you heard your podcast? I was like, I'm not paying you shit. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, shout out. No, I'm just fucking with you. Shout out to the cookbook. But, uh, LA Symphony. No, I'm just joking. But, um, there's other ones besides culture sessions. 60 the, e yeah, 60E. Shout out to the... I'm actually in their hood out here. I'm out here in the IE. So pay respect to First Dirt. Proof of Life Radio. Proof of Life Radio. You know what I'm saying? AWOL 1, too. Damn. Me and AWOL got... That's what's up. That's the broadcast podcast, right? Shout out to AWOL 1 and the broadcast podcast. Support that. Support all the shows. I'm just fucking around with the cookbook thing. But uh, anyway, we're going to move on. But uh, yeah, man, we're chilling out here. And actually, I don't know about time you hear this was cracking, but <laughs> excuse me. I just I just finished drinking <laughs> my Jarritos, uh, my fake Mandarin Jarritos. I just took the gas out of it. And I just found out that 
I found out that you take the gas out of it too, man. I thought I was the only one. I used to get my ass beat when I was little for uh, taking the gas out of the 7-Up. I remember my parents always coming home from work and they'd be, the 7-Up, the, the seven, the 2-liter seven would have no gas in it and they'd beat the shit out of me. And uh, I just don't know why, but I, I'm obsessed with taking the gas out of soda. But anyway, man, it, we're, it's a, it's actually Cannabis Cup weekend out here, and which is one of the reasons I'm out here. I'm out here working on a secret project that you guys might get to hear pretty soon on the show. And then also... Money for Cannabis Cup, because um, if you've been following my life online the last couple of weeks, you you can tell that uh, the man that I've been really getting into, uh, I've been really like kind of getting back with the cannabis community out here, and uh, I've got my 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 flavor of wax, which is uh, I've got this cake batter called the Tumex Hellfire OG, and man, I'm super excited. Like I've been starting to put it in stores. We we put it in six stores this week, and that's dope, man. I'm about to. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like corrupt Moon Rock, Wugu, the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so all my people, all my followers, that's that's for your smoking people. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can get, get at me. We're gonna, we're gonna do some commercials at the end of the show and let you know if you in Cali where, where you can get it because we've already got it in uh, San Bernardino, Riverside, Anaheim, downtown LA, and some other spots. But um, getting back to uh, man, things have been crazy. This is, is this the first podcast of the year? Yeah, no, we did the other two, right? But this is the first podcast since um, Cadillac Ron passed away, right? Man, I got a, I got a, I got a heavy heart, man. I, I feel like, like most of us out here in the LA underground, and um, who feel pretty sad, man, about the fact that our brother Caddy Ron, who's like a dope fucking battle rapper, a dope rapper in general. And and even a doper like uh, he was actually a really good dude. You know what I'm saying? Like most of us, shit, me included, or different people that I know and that I've grown up with. Man, he he dealt with you know he was in the grips of addiction, and and it was easy to make fun of or you know he 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 would pimp that shit out himself. Like it's Caddy Ron, I'm on heroin, the heroin Don, you know this and that. And you know he was always really upfront about uh, his situation. But man, if you got to know Caddy like as a person. You know, he was just a really good dude. You know what I'm saying? I, I, me and my crew, Grim Image Records, we had our little trials and trips with him on some little bullshit. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, man, like, Caddy Ron was dope. I remember he gave me a CD once, and there was this one song on that CD that was just like, I mean, the whole shit, he's a fucking fire rapper, but there was just one song that got to me, and I, was, I remember bumping it pretty much for like a whole year. And um, his music is really dope, actually. And, uh, oh, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> Dude, I've been dabbing and <coughs> smoking. So I got that hoarse voice. But uh, one thing about Caddy Ron, man, is like, he, you know, I was looking at my messages. And I, and I feel hella bad, kind of, because, like, these last couple months, the last message I had from him was, like, the last days of November. So probably like November 30th time, I was the last time I, I got to talk to him. And, uh, and uh, he was telling me, he was trying to help me. He was asking me to help him book some shows for him in Existereo in Europe. And he was like, yo, you got any Europe contacts? I'm going out to Europe, this and that, and this and that. And, and you know, the one crazy thing that I feel hella bad about was this whole last year, you know, with, with Caddy Ron's kind of like trials and trips, you know, always going through, through a sting. I felt hella bad, man, because, like, there was times where... You know, he'd be like, man, put me on this show. 
or like, yo, put me on Rhymefest or put me on this and that. And I'll be like, yeah, I was like, I, I was like, let me try to see what's up. And like, and I just feel hella bad, like, cause like maybe it didn't, it didn't happen. And maybe I was like, you know, I was, you know, with Ron, sometimes I worry about Ron more as a person than I could ever worry about him as a rapper. As a rapper, he's motherfucking hard as fuck and does his thing and innovative and hard as fuck. And as a person, I feel like maybe this last year, you know, I felt like I let him down a little bit, just just in a sense of like, man, like I wasn't like, felt like maybe I wasn't looking out for the homie as much as I should, you know what I mean? As I, as we, when we used to roll around a little bit, you know, I know he was kicking it with Existerio and all, and all the people he kicks it with, and he was getting back into his, he was getting his battle rap vibe cracking again. So anyway, I, I don't want to dwell too much into it, but I just want to say, this has been a really crazy year, and uh, and a lot of the people that have passed, you know, Caddy has to be happens to be someone that I know, and that and that I, and that I care about, and, and was a good dude, and rolled with different cats in the in the, in the Grim Image crew, and just this man Machina Muerte, and you know what I'm saying all, all these all these cats he has connections with with our, all my family. So I just want to say rest in peace, Caddy Ron. And in fact, we're gonna, we're gonna get into a double shot of Caddy Ron. And in fact, I don't even know the names of the songs yet because I'm gonna have to think about it. But I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna pull that song out from that CD he gave me, and then I'm gonna bump another dope Caddy Ron song. We're gonna so we're gonna get into a a two two Caddy Rons in a row. And uh, rest in peace to him and his family and and and. Man, like we, we lost a we lost somebody from that we lost somebody from the LA underground, you know. And uh, so we're gonna come back to Max Hologram Podcast. In fact, we're gonna talk about a couple fallen soldiers on a, on a lot of musical tips and play and play some all kind of music today. So uh, we're not gonna keep the whole show somber like that though. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate. So, but we're gonna get into two Caddy Ron songs and we'll be back on the Two Max Hologram Podcast. Yeah. Do what I want, cause there's only few minutes left. Sent to death and burn where the sin is kept. Vaporize my soul in glass like I hit a meth. Pulmonary function is depressed, better catch your breath. My vision's so distorted, yeah, so it's blurred. Poly substance abuse, a depression when it co occurs. Man's hook, no the words, stand where it's so uncursed. Family members think my soul just nerve, got them so disturbed. Tell them I'm on the news, I was born to lose. I keep on living when I wanna die, Ron's confused. Touch me and suffer too, that's why my heart. Abused. Too much pain, regretted past, make it hard to view. Things get harder too. Post traumatic shell shock. Imprisoned by hell stars. Hit them when the cells pop. I still sell pride, sitting on a jail cot. Getting drunk and sniffing black tar. Why the hell not? Ain't got a pot to piss in. Never be God forgiven. Ask them how Ryan is living, hoping that the cops will get him. I'll be lying if I didn't live a dog life. Feel like my heart sliced with a sharp knife. Wanna find me? I'm still chilling in the park, like holding on to something that'll kill me in my arms tight. Trying to figure out why I never let it go. Veins full of Mexico, diesel like they Texaco. Absence the gas pump, obsessed with fast bucks. Hot mess, got stress. All of this is bad luck. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever helps you sleep at night. I spent the last week on white. I ain't seeing right. See, I wrote this deep in the psychosis. Talk to tree people while I stop and smell the roses. Stopping from the cocus. Ryan is losing focus. Not that I am hopeless, I'm just talking to the homeless. Someone wants 
was told where you find God in all the moments when you bothered by your own shit. I'm the father of these clones, bitch. All of them legitimate, crawling with the little kids. Copy me a little bit, start balling on the nickel, bitch. Homeless hotties want their nipples pinched when they sick and shit. I pack my clear luggage, hit the bricks, bumping triple six. Ask me, I'm sick of things, caffeine and nicotine. I wanna drink so bad, someone pass me the Listerine. Back to make history for bastards that dissing me. Kids no skid, bro, crack kids are missing me. Legend down on 7th Street when I was on the homeless tour. I'm gonna die this year, pretty clear. I don't know for sure. Rhymes and pain, the song remains the same. And I know the words, fuck a record, put the needle to the veins. Dope is pure. My life is spent like $3.19. Downtown, bloodhound, find a sense, spider sense. I digress, I'm depressed. Next shot might be rent, man. It's cheaper, highs intense. Nickel living, high intense. Distorted hobbies, locking bathroom, moving toward the lobby. Sort of not enforce my body, yeah, in the porta potty. I'm just gonna kick it here, nobody interfere till I hear that pistol clear, bam, in my inner ear. I'm just gonna kick it here, nobody interfere till I hear that pistol go pop in my inner ear. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Cadillac rhyme, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Makina Wente. Paris Axe. BX. Yeah. Yeah. The past don't tempt me. Don't do it and swiftly. Okay. This time it's over. Lost all my Benjis. Wanted through the woods. Now I'm lost like I'm Benji. Yeah. Fuck what my friends see. Never see what they see. Nah. What I saw the future in the end. I'm going crazy. I'm in some whiskey. I'm living risky. risky. Shooting up the crystal balls. I'm like a gypsy. Sickness is forever, but the diamonds will miss me. Ooh. Nobody on my level. I keep rhyming immensely. Okay. Line shocking simply. Yeah. Chop them like they miss me. Huh. Put me out my misery. How much time? They gon' get know. me My life for the ways I could thrive in a cage Reflection in a razor I was like in the blade I ain't slept in a week I've been writing for days Left while I bleed Licking right on the page The world gave me lemons And I didn't like the taste Squirted juice on their wounds After slicing the scrapes yeah. Looking in their eyes Like it yeah, burns Don't it Burn every second Learning by the moment We're like in the kitchen Turning up the potion Serving up the folks quit Heard that it was potent Pain is my teacher Study habits glorious Best student ever, bitch Valedictorian College professor Fucking all the students Every year I'm getting better So I'm nothing but a nuisance I'm an OG Believe me, I ain't stupid They should change my name to Jordy Way he treat me like a new kid Donnie Wahlberg Molly all pure, strong, struck the kicking, but I wanna call my mom first. It really don't matter. My 
my dad will try to answer I just wanna say I love him, but before they die of cancer All I want's a gold rope Posse and Cole, Lewis and Clark, Pioneer I paid the way I hope I gave the kids some meaning Before they fade away, I'm dope I don't know about Greenwich Village But in LA, I'm the Pope Talking like I'm dead Go on, say that I'm a ghost Shit, I love my baby mama But she hate me cause I'm broke And her family hates me more But I ain't angry at her folks Everybody got problems They, they blaming me the most Life on the fence Now they say that I'm a post Recession proof rap Like wait up on the coast Never thought that I would make it So I waited for my folks Now my fans Love their rigs, why they saying I'm my close uh, Fuck them super hard, everything I do it big Went to rehab, met my bitch, and then the girl had a kid Shit, I don't think that you live, if you had to do a bit I was a dog when you met me, I ain't improving since Rabbit off the chain, and I'm never going to heal I stab you in your brain, it's never going to heal Thick skin, body armor, got the heavy metal steel No hope, be of eight yet, never going to feel Laughing at the cops, cause I know it's getting real Empty and banana clips, but I'm slipping on the pills, I'm just running like a scary bitch, tripping in the hills, bitches, shoes on my holland, lose they gripping on the hills, holland, tripping off the pills, now I'm popping capsules, nostril snow white, call me dopey, got a handful, bites the poison apples, that's a lot to handle, can't fulfill the script, cause the doctor, yo, we're back, yo, rest in peace, Caddy Ron, and, uh, man, those two songs, you know, you should check up check on his music man he has a lot of dope music he has a lot of dope battle raps uh i i, I remember him just why i mean i'm a fan so i will follow his battle raps and you know i just think he was clever and uh i think he's really really dope you know what i'm saying so we'll get on that subject it's been a crazy year actually um you know that, that's somebody that's family but it's been actually a crazy year man because uh david bowie passed away Glenn Fry passed away. I mean, there's a lot of um a lot of people, man, people from from a from a time that that made music. I mean, you're talking about the a member of the Eagles and David Bowie, you know what I'm saying? David Bowie in particular, um I don't know why, like I mean I'm a fan, you know what I'm saying? I, I really I'm a fan of David Bowie. Um besides <coughs> excuse me, growing up in the eighties listening to to the hits like Let's Dance and China Girl and all that stuff and Modern Love and and you know later in life getting getting to hear some of the like fame and all like that like I said it's like random he, he probably had 10 15 random singles that affect the American psyche that are on radio randomly all you know for years but uh you know I, I got to listen to some other David Bowie like Tin Machine and and every now and then, you know, a David Bowie song will pop up. My favorite David Bowie song is a, uh, is a, uh, and I think we'll play it. It's a, uh, this is not America, with uh, that was on the soundtrack of a movie in the '80s called The Falcon and the Snowman, and it was like a dope ass spy movie with uh, Timothy Hutton and, and Sean Penn. And in fact, Sean Penn was playing some. It was like some FBI thing, and Sean Penn was on some like it was. It was a role that's so dope that Sean Penn played. It, it it reminded me of his role that he played in Carlito's Way, where he was like that weird, shady lawyer and stuff like that, sketchy lawyer, kind of like coked up lawyer. And uh, he he's kind of like that. Like a, It's like a young version of that. It's really crazy. But David Bowie had a song on there called This Is Not America. And, um, you know, I just want to pay respect. I know this is a hip-hop-oriented show, but... I mean, it's my show. I get to play whatever the fuck I want. I could play Ethel Merman if I wanted to, and you'd be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" You know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm gonna I'm get into actually. Uh, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna get into the, we're gonna get into some more music. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play two 
two David Bowie songs, man, because I, I just feel like we got to pay pay tribute. You know, usually throughout the year, <clears throat> every month or every two months, you know, you hear somebody die that that passes away, and you're just like, yeah, you know, I really I grew up on them. I grew up on that actor. I grew up on that musician. I grew up on on that personality. And but in the last three or four weeks, man, I feel like fifteen artists have passed away, and it's like that's a little overwhelming and stuff. But uh, David Bowie in particular, man, one time the Visionaries, we were lucky enough, and we were actually lucky enough that the Visionaries opened up for David Bowie one time at a big, uh, I mean, not like not like we're the only ones, it was a big festival, like a, almost like what you would consider like an EDM or like a big, you know, at that time, it was like something as big as Audiotistic. It was a long time ago, it was in the year 2000, but, I, but I'll never forget, Visionaries were actually on a bill with David Bowie as part of some big, like, you know, world music thing. And uh, it was dope to see him, you know, even if I was hella far away and I was hella stoned and I was hella, like, exhausted, you know, and I remember being hella far away. And, and, and but his music was amazing. And it was just fucking, I wish I would have, uh, once again, on the regret tip, I wish I would have maybe gotten, gotten, like, really just pimped my way to, to watch it, like, on a, with a more concentrated level. But I think I was probably high mushrooms but anyways there's two david Bowie songs i want to play this is not america which is my favorite david Bowie song and another one just the other day i was watching a vh1 tribute to him and it was like a video tribute like a two hours of david Bowie videos and man this one song came out and it was like you know obviously i missed it and i was like actually you know what we're gonna man this is gonna be a music filled show. There's a there's a David Bowie song where he's rapping, and he's rapping, and he made this song in like 1978, and he's fucking rapping, and he's rapping like Kendrick Lamar or like Micah Nine, and I'm not joking. I want to credit one of our brothers, Open Mike Eagle, for posting this on Facebook, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, David Bowie's rapping. I just showed the song actually this week to some kids. There was some young. Uh, some kids in the studio with my man Sully out here in San Bernardino and some like, you know, the new kids, the new like young, younger, uh, young kids on some like, you know, new, new age hip hop, odd future styles. And I was like, yo, have you ever heard of this? And they were like, a couple of them were tripping and stuff. So we're, and that one's, we're going to get into that. So you know what? It's going to be a music field show. So if you're sitting at work and, and you're supporting the 2Max Hologram show, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's a weird day. But uh, but let's get into it, man. Let's get into some David Bowie, to make hologram podcast.
fake push of my left go fly like a man that dares to take off skimming of a rhino born in slumberless than peace struggle with a child who's screaming dreaming drowned by the prompt so steely stunch I'm sick of you sick of me that's for the feel I've crushed and made like a tiny old love one left on me seems like another day I could fly into the eye of God on high seems like another day I could fly into the eye of God on high over the bushland over the trees wise like a rang attack that was me Anyway, um, I want to move forward from all that, man. I, we, we, this year, the way things are going, I mean, we could spend the whole show just going like, yo, Glenn Fry, yo, this and that. But uh, I don't, I re- in respect to Glenn Fry, fuck the Eagles, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, just fucking after the podcast, just play fucking on the long run or fucking something from the old Eagles. That first, all that first shit is amazing. You know what I'm saying? But um, take it easy. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, let's get back into get back into what's going on um with me like i said i've been uh spent the last couple weeks just uh man i feel big things going on this last from christmas time you know from the second from the second half of december through the first the first couple weeks of even january like it's pretty much like the deadest time for me as far as like the industry or like as far as like work you know what i'm saying so i had to go through all the bullshit illusion of christmas all the, you know, all the, you know, that bullshit. But luckily my family is really small and we don't deal with that shit. Like we don't, you know, might buy each other a present, you know, buy my nephew a present or some shit like that. But we don't really like, we're not really with the tree and all that shit. But, and uh anyway, but so we went through Christmas and, and getting into the new year. But now as the new year starts, man, there's just a lot, a lot of good things going on. Um, I'm going to start playing some shows. Um, I'm actually going to South by Southwest for the first time in like seven years. I haven't gone to South by Southwest in about in seven years because uh, it always falls in March on my birthday. For summer, my birthday is March 18th, by the way, and I'm registered at Trader Joe's. <laughs> just to let you know, I'm registered at Trader Joe's, so you know you can give me a gift card. But uh, uh, yeah, my birthday is always on March. You know, since it's on March 18th, it's always during South by Southwest. So I went hard when I was younger. And went to South by Southwest for like five, six, seven years. And my parents were just like, got to the point where they were like, what the fuck? Like, are you ever going to be home on your birthday? Like, you know what I mean? Like, not being home on my birthday for years. And then on top of that, with touring and, and living this hip-hop life, I was just a lot of times never around. So I, I one, one day, years ago, I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to go to that shit no more. And... Yeah, it's been about at least six or seven years. So I'm gonna go back. I'm I don't I'm not even sure that at this point I have any. I definitely don't have any shows registered with South by Southwest. So you're not gonna see me on the docket. But I'm gonna be out there, and um, we'll be out in Phoenix. We'll be out in uh, Las Cruces. We'll be out in Albuquerque. We'll be out in El Paso. We'll be out in Dallas the week before. So you can catch me in early March out there, and then I'm actually probably be out there in Austin. We'll go do some songs with my homie Ariano and probably just float around, probably fall into a couple shows and shit. I don't know. I'm going to keep you updated, but 
But uh, I'm gonna be out there, and then I'm also gonna be in Europe for the again for the first time in maybe five years. I'm gonna go out there with my homie Pixter and my homegirl Meganoki. My, my homegirl Meganoki, her music's really dope. We have to play some of it on the show. Got to check it out, but we'll be out there in April, and uh, it'll be the first time I go to Europe, man. Europe, on, honestly, man, Europe, Europe is really, 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 really fun. And uh, right now, you know, some of our friends like Reverie and DJ Lala are out there just smashing, you know what I'm saying? Self-provoked, like, you know, uh, are out there, sm- DJ Ethos, like, you know, people in our family are out there doing it. And uh, me included, man, I'm going to go back out there. I've had some really great times in Europe. Um, <clears throat> just to give you an example of what it's like out there, it's, you know, they really appreciate hip hop. They really appreciate underground hip hop. It's just like out here. I mean, fuck it, dude. It's just like out here playing some small show with 50 to 100 people. It, it can be like that. But, you know, they really appreciate what, what's going on. And I've had some crazy times up there. One of the better times that I've had up there was with the Visionaries, where we actually performed inside of a tree house. We did a whole concert. Man, 700, 800 people in it. It was like a hill. Oh, my bad. It was like a hill. And we actually performed for an hour in a tree, in a tree house, like in a tree house, like holding onto trees. And then the, the engineer was on the other side and he had the the mixing board inside of a stump. So like the stump whole fit was carved out to fit the mixing board. It was called, it was in Germany. It was actually, yeah, it was in Germany. It was called the no stress party. And they and they do it every summer, and they call it the no stress party. And it's basically in the va- in the valley between two little hills. So there's basically two grass hills on the side of you, and in the little and in the little cut right there, all the people are there in the like almost like a tunnel. It's like you're the meat and a burrito, and uh, and basically, and yeah, it's like all these people, you know, hundreds of people, not a thousand people, and you and there's basically a big ass thick tree with a stage on it, like a tree house, basically. And there's, and basically there's a tree house that, there's a basically a stage. And then the tree house is basically the, the, the green room. So there's actually a tree house that's the green room that you sit in. Like as you, and then you walk out and you play on the platform, which is on a tree. And like you could be, we were, since visionaries is six people, we're fucking rapping. And since there's a lot of us, there's not that much space. So like, fucking holding onto a tree, a branch, and just rat- and rapping. And it's fucking dope, dude. And then they have, like, you know, vendors and shit selling bratwurst and, and food like that. So it's, it's really fucking crazy, man. That's So that's one of the great things about Europe. Another, I guess I'll get into some Europe stories. Shit, I remember being out there with AWOL 1, and uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to think exactly where we were, but I think we were, it was in France, and it was snowing as fuck. Like, it was just snowing, like, real crazy. And so after, you know, I don't drink, but, man, when it's, like, minus 10 degrees, I'm like, fuck it. Give me something, you know. So I drank a little bit to get warm. And uh, I remember me and AWOL being some a DJ, like, paying us to go work work on a song, you know. And And I'm not even joking. I believe his, I'm not even joking. I believe his name was something like DJ fuck the police or like DJ DJ 187 cop killer oh DJ cop killer 
Dude, his name was DJ Cop Killer. And, uh, he, yeah, of course he was white. He was, he was in Europe. And then he was, uh, and I remember he, he paid me and he was like, man, like 400 bucks or something, 400 euros to kick a verse on his mixtape. I was like, DJ Cop Killer, huh? Okay. And we went out there and did something dope. And then, dude, next thing you know, they break out the absinthe. And I was like, oh, this is absinthe? Like, oh, I heard about this. Dude, AWOL won, no hesitation. No hesitation. You know what I'm saying? AWOL, like, you know what I'm saying? AWOL, just put something in a bottle and AWOL drink it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be a fucking, you know what I'm saying? It'd be anything. You know what I mean? That should have be like, that should have be like, you can fucking shower a camel and then fucking put the drippings in a bottle and AWOL drink the shit. But, uh, so he went at it, and then I think I went at it too, and I was like, oh my God, dude, like, all I remember is leaving the dude's pad, trying to, I guess we were, he was going to take us back to the hotel, and I just remember falling in some snow and just, and just laying there on the ground like the baby from A Christmas Story, and just laying there like, fuck it, I could die now, and I literally just fell in the snow and just was there like a lump, and I think these guys were walking faster than me. And, like, they turned the corner, and I was just still, like, on the ground. Like, I just fell in the snow, and I was just like, I could die here. I think they came back and got me, though, picked me up and shit, took me home. But, um, man, Europe, um, we're going to go, we want to get some Europe stories? We'll go some more Europe stories. Uh, AWOL 1, too. I'll get another one with AWOL. And I don't know if I've told this one before, but all I know is Josh Martinez. Y'all know Josh Martinez. I don't know if you know Josh Martinez, but... I don't know, France. Oh, yeah, again, France, Paris. And Josh Martinez owns France, man. He, he he kills it. But this is the Amsterdam story, actually. All I remember is take, drinking so much mushroom tea that I just woke up in the gutter in Amsterdam. I just woke up. Like, I tried to get to the hotel. We tried to get back to the room, but we only made it to, uh, we only made it to the, I, got, I think I made it to the steps of the place. Oh, that was crazy. I think somebody just broke up on 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 radio. Did you hear that? Vicariously through a through a door slam. But anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I just remember waking up. I mean, I didn't wake up in the gutter like uh, like with the water flowing through me. I'm just saying, I woke up like I pretty much woke up at the. You know how on the corner they have the the sinkholes? Yeah. I like like I was there. Like the curb was the 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 curb was where I rested my head, and like I tried. I remember. Oh yeah, I remember getting back to the hostel that we were staying at, but not me not being the one with the key, and everybody else was gone. So it was like one of those things where like you're, you know, it's like five in the morning, you're back at the room, but you can't get into the you can't even get into the hotel. So there's what's the best thing there is like bags of trash, and you're just like I'm gonna lay down right here in the gutter, and it was like bags of trash, like like black, you know plastic bags and I was like I need to sit down and then the next thing you know you just kind of like kind of like the one time when I went to jail for a week I basically just found a corner and slumped in and like tried to sleep it off and I just like just uh, slept there so what about the one time I went to jail damn no I'm just kidding uh oh it was it was what did I when I was 18 years old when I first got a driver's license or whatever 16 17 18 Imagine, man, I was on my revolutionary, you know, I thought it was a mortal technique, you know what I mean? So I was like getting speeding tickets and shit, and I'd be like, fuck, homie, like literally I remember one time I got a speeding ticket, and and, I, and after the cop wrote it, 
as he walked away, like, have a good day. I just tore the shit in half and threw it out. Like, I thought I was, like, really, like, revolutionary. Like, I didn't even have an ID at the time. I was like, like, whatever, man. You know, fuck the society. Get this and that. I don't care. How am I going to get tickets? So I was getting parking tickets. I was getting speeding tickets. It didn't matter. Fast forward five years later, I'm in East LA, in Montebello, on a Sunday night. This is when I was a street promoter. And this is when I promoted at the meat market clubs, like all my, all my East LA people like Peppers and uh, QCs and all, you know, Quiet Cannon. I actually lived on Garfield right there in, in Montebello. But so yeah, there was like all, all these meat market clubs. And what I mean by meat market is just, you know, the Friday and Saturday night, people dressing up all nice and, you know, like with the, with the chicks looking, you know what I'm saying? The hot bitches. I just want to say bitches. The bitches, the hot bitches, you know, the hot women looking good and all that shit. But it was a meat market club. I never had any success. I was out there. I was a dude that, I was that annoying ass motherfucker that when you walk out, like, you know, something, 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 you know, like, like promoting, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, y'all know me how I do it. No, but I wore, this is how I went to jail. It sucked. I wore like, like nice shoes, like dress shoes. And then instead of wearing jeans, I was wearing some slacks. And I was wearing a shirt, like a button-up shirt with a tie. Yeah, I, was, I looked like a fucking complete idiot. I had no game. I, I mean, it was like a fish out of water, just trying to dress nice and shit. You know what I mean? I might have scored once, like in four years there. But anyway, um, that was not my that was not my scene. You know what I'm saying? You know what we would do is there was a DJ. Shout out to Dave Jams, David Rolas, the recording artist out here. We actually we would you know me and my homie Alex B would promote and kick it. And dude, at 1.45, like when they let the doors out, you know, they, they're always kicking people out right before two. Dave Jams, you know, would, would spin all the like popular shit. But at 1.45, when all the, everybody's leaving and everybody's done, that's when he would spin hip hop. And so Dave Jams and me and maybe like one of Dave Jams homies would be freestyling, you know, we'd be freestyling. That's when he'd play like Gangstar. That's when he'd play like some real, you know, he's a real hip hopper at heart. So yeah, but but after the shows, you know, we'd just be passing off flyers, you know, like or to you know, I was working on a record label, so I'd be like, Mac ten, you know, Mac ten, Mac ten, full life, Mac ten, full life, you know, Friday soundtrack, you know, whatever. But uh oh, what was the point of that? Oh yeah, so on a Sunday night, promoting at one of those clubs, on the way I had to take my homie back home in East LA and of course whoop got rolled up. They ran my you know, ID if I had one, I guess, whatever. And then they were like, oh, they're like, oh, we've been waiting for you. I have $50,000 in warrants because I had five years of failure to appear. You know, I probably had like six speeding tickets and parking tickets. And I've never paid a ticket in my life from 16 years old to like 22, you know. I don't know, but they were just like, oh, man. They're like, it's for the best, you know, we, and they just literally took me in. And the funny part was back then, I didn't have any tattoos or anything. That was like before I really had any tattoos or anything. And so, they, you know, they're all like, you got any gang tattoos? And we're walking into like the station and all this stuff. They, they actually, they put me in the backseat of a police car. I'm not even lying. They handcuffed me, put me in the backseat of a police car. And then there was like a, there was like a tranny in there already. This is, I'm not even joking, you know, this is an embarrassing story. But I was, <clears throat> there was already like a tranny back there, and I was like, what? 
was like, damn, fool. I was literally within the backseat with the tranny, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, long story short, they take me, I remember they take me into the police station, and, uh, they're like, you know, do you have any code? Do you have any code names? Like, do they call you anything on the streets? You know, like, are you a gang? You know, you have any gang tattoos? And I was like, no, sir. I, did I was like, did I turned hella white? You know, like, I was like, no, sir. You know, I was just dropping off. I'm a street promoter. I was like, I got all. I was getting on my p's and q's, trying to like, trying to like, white talk my way out of it. And I'm not even joking. We walk into the the station where they're barely like holding me, and like some fool in a drunk cell's like two max. Two Max, what up, Two Max? And I was like, I just looked at him like, oh, fucking ass. And she's like, what is she, what is, what is that, he talking to you? And I was like, no, she's like, Two Max. And literally the, the lady was like, Two Max. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I make music. That's what they call me. And I was like, I was like, wow. And that was like in 97 or 98, you know what I mean? It's like a long time ago. And so, dude, I hated that dude. And then uh, I seen that dude years later, like that was me in the drunks. I was like, "Fuck you!" But um, um, so yeah, so that was a Sunday night. So then I was all, you know, stressed. I've never been to jail, never been arrested. So then uh, Monday comes, and you know, it was lucky I got arrested on a Sunday night. Monday morning, I see the judge, right? I was like, "Oh, I'll be all right." My parents, you know, I got to call my parents. They're worried. I'm like, "We're good. Like, I'm gonna go see the judge. Like, I'll be out of here." Man, they put me in line, you know, like, I go out and I talk to, you know, you know, I guess they gave me, like, a public defender or something. I don't know. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm not even joking, man. They, they, I go see the court with a bunch of people. They wrangle you out there with a bunch of people. They're like, oh, yeah, this and that, this and that, this and that. They're not even like, I think they even said time. Oh, yeah, they said time served on my, on, on one thing of getting stopped that night. I was like, okay, cool. I'm back in the holding cell. And they go, if I call your name, we call your name, then you're going to county. So, you know, calling people's names and they call my name. And I was like, and then when I walk up there, I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, they just told me I had time served. They go, you have time served for that, for last night. They're like, you have five other warrants in five different cities. And I was like, I was like, so they're like you're going to county. And I was, that's when I got, and that was like the moment I was like, I got scared. I was like, what? Oh, I got super sad. I was like, so then they fucking lie. You know, they, 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 for some reason, the court, like, maybe it's like, because I know I'm on the American, I was on the American Subversive Activities list because of uh, performing at the Democratic National Convention in 2000 with OMD and Rage Against the Machine and all that shit. So I know I was, I had issues going to Canada, getting into Canada for eight years because I couldn't go to Canada for eight years. I kept getting like, if I try to go to Canada, they like send me back. I will get into that right now. But basically, uh, so yeah, I went to county and went through the whole little process and stuff. And dude, I was so sad. I was like, damn, you know, I went to general population and all that. And I was like, fuck. Did you have to join a gang? No, I didn't have to join a gang. I, 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 uh, I, I mean, you, you just, I mean, if you're Rasa, you just, the Rasa just takes care of you. You don't even have a choice. Like, to be honest with you, they, I mean, it's like, you know, there's the, the white gang, the black gang, the Mexican gang, and then there's like these weird, the others, which I wouldn't have minded roaming with the weird other people, the OTMs, you know what I'm saying, other than Mexicans. But I didn't, no, I kicked it with the Rasa, like straight up, like fools. Of, in fact, I have five warrants. So basically every morning, they were, you know the, how the system pimps you out because they get paid for every person that gets, you know, every time you go to court in another city, 
the city gets paid. You know what I'm saying? The jail gets paid or whatever. So they basically woke me up every morning at five or six and put us on a bus and then went to every, I got to go, I had to go to every city that I had a warning. So the first night, so after being in downtown on Monday, they sent me Tuesday to Santa Monica. And in fact, dude, they drove, we drove by my street. Dude, so I got to, I'm on Venice driving to and fro. I got to see my, my street. It made me want to cry. Like I admit, I like drove by my Sycamore Avenue and I was like, fuck, this is crazy. Dude, in Santa Monica was crazy because, uh, went to see the judge, time served, whatever. But one of the craziest things I saw in there was while we were in there all day was a couple Mexican homies, man. And the crazy shit was, this really shook me to my core was, you know, you you go see the judge with like seven, eight other people. So you get to hear everybody else's bullshit. But one of the dudes came back, a gangster from around there. And he was like, so happy because he only got 10 years. And he was happy. He was like, fuck yeah, I only got 10 years. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And I was like, fuck. It was crazy to me to think that. I mean, what was he, I don't know, what was he facing, life and shit, you know? He got, he got 10 years and he was happy about it. And I was like, that shit scared the shit out of me. The other one was that, that happened in Santa Monica was that I've never been so politely, this one dude, another gangster, he politely asked everyone to give us, to, to give up their socks. He was like, hey man, I'm going away. I'm not trying to be, he's like, I'm, we could do this the easy way or the hard way. I didn't give him my socks, so thank God he wasn't, I don't think he was talking to me, but he was literally trying to get some socks off some people. And he was like, I'm going away, homie. Like, I'm going away, away. Like, you, y'all, y'all getting out at some point. So like, you know, give up them socks. And I remember being like, oh shit. But, uh, I don't think he was talking to me because I, I, I definitely didn't give up my socks. I would have been like, fuck no, you know. I was playing the weirdo. I had long hair back then. I was playing the weirdo in the corner, like trying to sleep shit off like Sasquatch. I tried, I didn't try to talk to nobody. It wasn't until the last. So that was day. Let's say that was like, so that was Tuesday. Did you know how long you were going to be there? No. No, they, well, they told me, uh, no, they just told me I had five warrants and I had to go to court in every city. So every day. So that was Tuesday with Santa Monica. Wednesday was Fullerton, California, if I, if I recall. Thursday was Santa Ana. And then Friday was something else. And then I think I got let go. I only spent a week there. So I got let go like a couple of days after. They, they, I got let go literally the day after they, they took me from general population to like an eight man cell. When I got to the eight, and then when I got to the eight man cell, that's when I actually met people that knew me and started like, yo, what up, 2Max? And I was like, oh, shit, don't say that shit. You know, folks are like, you should go battle rap the black dudes. I was like, nah, I'm cool. You know what I mean? In fact, I've seen the funny shit is I've seen a couple of my black homies up in there and and, and just like on some straight up, um, you want to get that? Let me grab that and turn it off real quick. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting blown up over here. Oh, it's, no, that's this one right here, right? Oh, okay. That's you? Oh, that's me. Oh, we'll, we'll just let that ring. But anyway, you've heard a phone ring. Don't trip. But uh, the crazy shit, I've seen a couple of my black homies in there. And the crazy shit that without even just subconsciously, like we've seen each other in there, said what up to each other. Like, like you know, like we're in like a general area. So we just walked up, said what's up, shook hands super quick. 
Like, you all right? Yeah, I'm cool. And we just gave each other that nod, like, I'll catch you outside, G. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we literally just talked for like five seconds. Like, oh, shit, what a fool. I'm chilling, man, chilling. We're, and we were both kind of like, I'd never been to jail, so I didn't know the etiquette, but it was like, we were both like, all right, fool, you know, I got you. Like, you know, like it's all love, you know, but it was like, like we didn't even kick it. Like, how you been? Were you all right? What happened to you? No, it was like shook hands and then instantaneously the the Mexican uh, and black jailhouse rules, like instantly inside of us just like activated, like, I'm going to catch you out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, and that was real, dude. Uh, uh, in fact, I even know one of the homies, I, but I ain't going to say his name, but, he, you know, he's a homie I've known for years. And we were like, we laughed about that shit later, but... So that was one thing that was really dope um, or just really crazy. Another thing, too, shit, you want to talk about how does it all go back to hip hop? I was actually in there with when, uh, with with the homie that managed Corrupt and Daz, my homie, Broomy. And, uh, I think his name is Lamont Broomfield or something, not to put, put too much, put the homie's name out there. But he's a dude that ended up getting like a settlement for, uh, for Daz and Corrupt because he managed them. And I think he sued like Suge and got like, and he won because I guess he had like Dazzling Corrupt under contract before them, you know? And so they had to buy him out or something. So he actually like came up and, and was like, no, nah, I managed him first. So, so that was about, that was some hip hop stuff in there. But I, I was like, I literally was trying to play a sleepy caveman. I was like, not trying to talk to nobody. The last couple of days, the last couple, I mean, I didn't. I didn't really go to prison, you know what I mean? Real people went to prison, like, not real people, but I'm saying, like, a lot of people have had a prison experience, where they've been in prison. So, this is nothing, like, a week in jail. Like, I'm scared, I've never been in jail, I'm sad, I'm depressed, my parents are fucking sad, you know, I'm, I, I let my parents down and all this kind of shit. So, that's, those are the dominating thoughts that I had when I was in there. So, I wasn't, like, really thinking about... You know, I wasn't thinking about being hard. I was sad and fucking scared and shit. And in fact, when I got let go, I, I, I'm not even lying. I fucking straight started crying. I was like, fuck this place. I ain't never coming back in this motherfucker. Never went back. I think I think I spent nights. I, I was subsequently arrested randomly once or twice after that. And I probably spent the night in, a, in jail or whatever. But like, got let go. But yeah, I was just like, that shit was like, fuck that. But I think once I got to my eight-man cell... That was, like, dude, I saw Pruno being made. Like, this fool had Pruno under his jacket type shit. Like, when that's, once I got to the eight-man cell, I was literally only there, not even 48 hours. And then they, they called my, your number that you have on your bracelet and to get you out or whatever. Or they call your name or whatever. But it was like, it was like, uh, yeah, that was that's when I met people that were like, what's up, aren't you too mixed? Don't you know Sandra? You know, that kind of shit. And I was like, and then everybody in there was innocent. I like that. I, I never, I, I was like, is everybody in jail innocent? I was like, what do you inform my homie? Dude, my homie had like his wire, his mouth wired shut. And he was like, he was like, oh, I fucking, man, fuck, you know, they caught me with a hundred sheets of acid in my back pocket, but I didn't do it, man. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't do what? Like, so everybody, I was, dude, and in fact, I, I didn't, you know, in fact, my story was lame. My story was like, oh, man, I just had like five years of parking tickets. You know, like five, my shit. Because if you know me, you know that I have no choice but to be brutally honest. I have no fucking, I can't lie like that. I can't lie and say I did something more than I did because I didn't. So I was just like, oh, man, I had a bunch of speeding tickets so I didn't pay them. 
I was like, fool. So I was lame. But yeah, dude, it was in there. And, and then they call your name. I remember they call your name. And you, you're like, oh, I'm getting out of here? Hell yeah. But dude, they call your name and you don't get out of there for another 24 hours from the moment they call your name. And, and the crazy part is after, you know, you're now you're in a room. They give you your clothes back or something or some. Oh, they, oh, you know what? When I got, when I got checked into the to county, my shoes, which I was like, I told you I was in dress shoes, like all embarrassing. Dude, my shoes had wood, wood inside my shoes, right? Like wood. They took my shoes and broke them and they broke because I had to take the wood out of the shoes. So they took my shoes and broke my shoes in half. And to took then took the wood like maybe like the like some like the sole or like under the sole you know they literally because my shoes had wood in them because they were on some dress shoe shit and they fucking broke my shoes and like took the took the fucking wood out of my shoes because you know they didn't want you making like a shank or something and I was like what the fuck like you know luckily I didn't have to bend over I don't I don't, I don't know if I did the bending over where they look it up your butt or whatever yeah yeah it was it was whack dude it was whack. I mean, I, I think I took a shower there once. You know what I mean? I wasn't even there that long, but it was it was the worst. Dude. I was depressed. I was sad, and I was like super sad. Long story short, they let you get your put your clothes on or whatever, and put your clothes back on, and then they put you in the final room where you're sitting there on a bench because they got to run you one more time just to make sure you don't have any other warrants. And dude, I seen them do that to a couple of dudes. Were like, you think you're going home, and they ran, and they're like, oh, we got another warrant here, and they put put a dude back in. It was whack, dude. And then, in fact, the last part, they there's a they literally put you inside of a what I would consider a box, like a closet. They put you inside of this, this thing the size of a closet, and you and about six, seven people fit in there. And they have six or seven people in there. They have ten people in there, and you're all body to body. And they're like, when the when the when the when the bell rings, when the buzzer rings, this door's gonna open, and you're free to go. And so basically, dude, that's the last part. And I literally, they had 10 people in a box that hold seven people. And they had us in there for about half an hour. And so you, everybody's like, open the fucking door. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck. And everybody's like, like, shut. They just want to see you like an animal. You know what I'm saying? They got you like, you know, and, and, and there's like a window, like a two-way window where they're watching you. And so they're just sitting there like letting you kind of like boil before you get out. Like, to see if anybody punches anybody. Like, giving you one more chance to, like, fuck up. And, like, somebody's like, open the fucking door, you fucking cops. And somebody's like, shut the fuck up. Yo, fuck you. Yo. And it's, like, tension and shit. And you're just like, oh, my God. Please, this fucking buzzer. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just want to cry and shit. And then that fucking shit opens. And then I'm not even I'm not even joking. That opens. And you're basically free to get out, walk out of a door. But there's one more line to get your stuff back. Like, whatever was in your wallet, like IDs and like, I think I'm not even joking. I think I probably, huh? Well, your stuff. Yeah. Like your shit in a Ziploc bag and I'm not like your money. And I'm not even joking. I probably had like 40, 50 bucks and some and stuff in my wallet. And I chose not to, I chose not to even get in that last line. I said, fuck the 50 bucks or whatever, or fuck what was in my wallet. And I just, cause I was like, fuck this, I'm out. So they either give, so they give you the choice to walk out or like still get your shit, and I didn't even get my shit. I just walked out, and when I walked out, my homie Alex B, one of my old partners, he was there, and I, and I was just like, "Fuck, dude!" Like I told you, I started, I started crying, like "Fuck this place!" Oh my God. And then he took me just to get some Chinese food, and I got like two plates of Chinese food, and then we, and then he took me to my parents, and then my parents were like, 
you know, sad and crying. And, you know, my mom, my parents wanted to bail me out. And I was like, dude, it's like not even worth it. Like, why pay? You know, you're already, it was already like Tuesday and Wednesday. And my parents, I probably got on like Friday or Saturday. And my parents were trying to bail me out and like spend all this money. I was like, no. Um, it was like, could have been like $2,500 or something, something, something too expensive for, for, for me to put that on my folks, you know? Long story short, yeah, I got out and it was like, I never been back. I think I went back a couple of times just for like a, like a day or something. You know what I mean? I, I was thrown down a. We won't get into it, but I was thrown down a flight of stairs, one time, and uh, at a at a most death show, and uh, we got into it with security and something happened. So we won't get into that story. But huh? Because it it because somebody got hurt and it was a bad story. But uh but uh, anyway, um and I know I'm all about full disclosure, but. I like to put that behind me, but long, long, long uh, the funny shit was like I said, I was on the American Subversive Activities list, so I had problems getting into Canada. One time, bus driver and myself were, flew into Calgary because we were gonna go play Saskatoon with Factor, and uh, flew in there. And when when my passport ran, it was like beep, and they're like, "Oh yeah, um, you know, step into this room real quick." And literally, they're like, step into this room. And I stepped into a little room. They're like, we'll be right back. And then they come back for like three or four hours. And I was just like in a little office at the airport. And they just held me for like four hours. With bus driver and all the promoters and everybody outside, like waiting, like waiting for me at the airport. And then they just, and then Canada just hits you with that. Canada just hits you with that fucking, uh, they like, they know everything about you. They're like, um, it says here that you have a misdemeanor. You know, conviction for trespassing with property damage. And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, did you set something on fire? Like, they just like, oh, talking all this crazy shit. And I was just like, no, 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 this and that. And they just, dude, they just brought up things that I thought didn't even exist. And then they were just like, what are you doing here? I'm a musician. Well, what are you, who's, you have paperwork? You know, this and that, like, just sweating you. So then, but then they let me go. And then, uh, but then that's when I learned, they were like, well, you know, you can't get in, you can't come back to Canada. They let me pay, they made me pay a $250 fine that this first time. And they're like, we're going to, you're going to charge you 250, but they're like, you can't come back into Canada until you get this special thing. So then I was like, okay. And then like two or three times I tried to get back into Canada and it's, 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 man, they, they literally, they literally didn't let me in. One time I flew in from San Francisco into into Vancouver and they flew me back to San Francisco. And I was like, well, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm just on a little tour. And they were like, no. They were like, no, we're, we have to fly you back to where you came from. And I was like, but I, so I literally from Frisco flew to Vancouver and they wouldn't let me in the country. But then they f- made me fly back to San Francisco. Of whack. And then one time, can we talk? It's been years, so can we talk about how I snuck into Canada? Okay, so one time with the Visionaries, we had a show in Toronto with Pigeon John, in fact. I don't think Pigeon John made it either, but it was like LA Underground people, like Abstract Rude, all kind of stuff in Toronto. I told the Visionaries that I was having problems, but they were on some like, no, let's go, you know, you gotta go. So we flew into Buffalo, New York, and then like at six in the morning, rented a van with the promoter, all this stuff. And at six in the morning, try to go through, and 
I'm the only one that couldn't get in. I was like the only one that couldn't get through. Like, dude, and, and there's people in the group that have been in jail for like a year. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like people that bad, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I was I was literally in a car with homies that served 14 months in, in prison and he got through and I couldn't get in. Like they, so it's like. What was the reason? Because I was on the American Subversive Activities list, and they wouldn't let me in. And so, yeah, I remember being in, And then the visionaries, God bless their hearts, they left me there. They're like, well, we got to go. Uh, we're just, they, they continued on into Toronto. They're like, well, we, well the promoter's going to come pick you up and figure out how to get you across. So like, we're gonna, I think the visionaries were like on Much Music or you know how they, I don't know if you know about Much Music, but that's like the MTV of Canada or whatever. So they were like, visionaries just kept strolling on without me. They had to be on MTV and do shit. And so I was literally like stuck at the Canadian border. But the, but the promoter was like this really pretty girl. She was really nice. She came and picked me up. We went back to Buffalo, New York, ate, kicked it. And then she was just trying to scheme, like, how do I get you in the country? How do I get? And then she was like, Niagara Falls. And she's like, we're going to go through Niagara Falls. And she's like, I'm going to get, she got a girl. She got a, 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 a white girl and a black girl to row with me. So they were in the front and I sat in the back. We went to Niagara Falls. And I guess a lot of people party, party, you know how the drinking age in Canada is 18? So in Niagara Falls border, they, uh, I guess you can, you know, like, you know, people go on the weekends all the time, like US people. Yeah, like TJ, exactly. So we went and I was in the back seat. I pulled out my passport and they're like, where are you going? And they're like, we're going to this bar and that bar. Cause they know what to do. They already, they do that. They, but they didn't run my shit. They looked at my passport. They were cool with it. Let me through. Then they drove me to Toronto. Did the show. Right after the show, got got went back through Niagara Falls. Now it's like six in the morning, and they were like, "Pretend you're drunk and asleep." So in the back seat, I played like I was asleep, and uh, and yeah, I just played like I was asleep. And uh, can you get that for me, man? Let's let's handle all this business here because the phone's gonna keep ringing. Welcome to my world. Um, I just gotta get this. Let me let me get all this popping because it's just like it's Saturday and my phone's too active. You know what I'm saying? Like four, man, four or six. What what area code is that? Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. But uh, hold on. I'm gonna just tell homie. Give me one second. Give me five minutes. Cool. And then I hit him up. Anyway, uh, long story short though. So oh yeah. So six in the morning. We're coming back. And uh, this time, you know, th- you know, we get through, and when we get to the U.S. border, I act like I'm asleep, and they knock on the window, clack, 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 and I roll on the window like passport, and I give them my passport, and I act like I'm sleepy, and then like, where have you guys been? And, and the the girls were just on cue, like, oh, we were at this bar, at something bar, and then we went to the over to the, the this bar, and then now we're just going home. And he looked at them for like a minute, you know, took took the passport, didn't run it again. And I looked at it for a while and then just gave it back to us and we got through. And then that was was scary as fuck. And after that, and after that, I was like, man, this is too risky, like too sketchy just to fucking play a show. What am I getting? A hundred dollars? Like, fuck this shit. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, after that, I decided not to, like, I, I couldn't go to Canada for years and I was turning down shows and festivals for years, tours. And then when, and then, and then maybe like eight years later, um, Abstract Root invited me and A Wall to go on tour with them, and I was like, I have any problems 
getting getting across the border. And uh, he was like, I got a dude that works on that. Sunspot Jones from Living Legend, shout out to Sunspot. He had a homie that works on that, a lawyer. So then I gave the lawyer my information and all this and that. And literally, and you know, I was going to pay him like 500 bucks or whatever to get my paperwork straight. And maybe like a week later, he hit me and he was like, you know what? I, 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 I inputted your info into the thing. He's like, you're good now. He's like that, that American. And it was like right when Obama had got elected. So I think only, seriously, it was like, so I think it was like only the Bush era. The Bush era. So for eight years, I was on the American Subversive Activities list. And then when Bush got out of office, it, it lifted. Not like Bush himself knew. Like, let, okay, let two Macs get back in Canada. Nah. But, but it was, it's not like that serious. Like I'm all, I'm all pump up case. But yeah. So long story short. It, I guess it expunged. I guess it's one of my favorite words in the world is expunged. Because I've gone to fucking, I've gone to court to pay a fine and they were like, oh, it's expunged. They're like, you outlasted it. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at getting like a fucking warrant or getting like some kind of charge and then just hiding from society for eight years and then the charge dies. It's fucking, I love America, man. You know what I mean? What a country. But uh, anyway, I guess we'll get into that. You know what? We're going to get into some music. Let's get into some music. Why Why am I telling all my fucking war stories? Like if I'm some tough guy, I'm not a tough guy. I'm not a fucking, I'm not an American. I'm not an anti-American fucking, you know. Yeah, dog, I am not an enemy of the state fool. You know what I'm saying? If I could open up a Jimmy John's and marry a white girl and live the American dream, I would. So I'm far from being a... Some kind of fucking, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, I was a mor- I was a moral technique when I was 17. You know what I'm saying? And then I got some pussy. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, but uh, what? <laughs> now I'm Bob Hope. <laughs> no, no, dude. Now I'm a fucking. Let me see. That's a good one. No, I'm not Bob Hope, but I'm not Bob Hope either, man. But you know what I'm saying? I'm not Kato Kalen. You know what I'm saying? But but yeah. Anyway, um, we're gonna get into some music. Uh. You know what? I I, I want to play. Uh, I want. Oh, you know what? On that note, let's play DJ Vadim featuring Motion Man, terrorist, Two Max Hologram Radio. <laughs> Retrieving the thing. 
deadly incision, blood sucking vampire bat fang. Show up Bay Area werewolf in London around the UK. Well, the wolf power eats shit and all the airways. My mango style deformed the artist, leaving his Lexus in his Lexus with an ugly bra, smelling like Nexus, using Humexus, smoking Marlboros. AIDS infectious, weighing less than your gold necklace. She'll share the needle, I know. I'm not addicting and sick, That's why I keep on inflicting and return. Different human being each ripping. Terrorists! Freestyle official freestyle track for like years. That was that AC alone, Abstract Rude Bus Driver track. Uh, DJ Vadim uh, featuring Motion Man. Man, I, I gotta find the song. I have a Motion Man. Man, I got a really dope song, Motion Man. I, I gotta find it. Digging, digging the crates for y'all. But um, anyway, I guess you were telling me about telling me to tell rapper stories. Like what's like 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 the first time you met? Like the first time I met certain rappers. Hmm. That's, all right. Well, name the rapper and then I'll tell you the story. Uh, Rocker from Dilated Peoples. First time I met Rocker from Dilated Peoples, I was actually he was sitting on a curve on Melrose in Fairfax in front of the hit, the famous hip hop shop. For all you old people that remember that Hex and Pigeon John, Teaspoon Iodine, Zulu Gremlin, Easy Rock, UTI Crew used to be there. And um Rocka was sitting on the on the curve writing raps on some on some rapper shit, on some hip hop shit. And that's how I met him. He was sitting on the on the writing raps and he was like, Yeah, I work here. And I was like, Oh, you work here at the hip and he worked at the hip hop shop. He was like, You work, you know, behind the counter at the hip hop shop and he was like writing raps and shit. And that's how I met Rocka actually. No, he he, had, he was already they were I think that he me and Rocka were like 
best friends for a hot second, man. That's my dude right there. Um, no, you know what? I met him before they created Dilated Peoples. He he was like, I'm working with this like 16 year old kid from Venice, and he's dope. And he, yeah, no, they were uh, before Dilated Peoples. They, I remember, I remember they uh, they were the oh yeah, they were the Fatliners. That's what they were called. They were called Fatliners, like on some graffiti shit. And they were called Fatliners. And uh, and then the Flatliners came out. Because as Fatliners, I think they were, I don't know if they were already getting signed to Epic. Because at first, if you, in case you, for people that don't know, the first Dilated People album was called Imagery, Battle Hymns, and Political Poetry. And it was on Epic. And in fact, you could, you could punch it up on YouTube. I actually punched it up the other day. And it's, I was tripping out on that shit. And you could hear like... I mean, I was like the first dilated record. That shit had exhibit on it. That shit is dope. Anyway, um, so yeah, I met Rocka like that. But yeah, he was already yeah, the Flatliners came out. So I think so dilate so they had to change their name. And I remember from what I remember, and you know, you could I, I mean, I was I'll say you could ask Mike or Rocka, but you could ask him and I'm sure Michael look at you hella annoyed, like don't be bringing up the past and shit. But I remember one of the names they, they thought about uh Dilated Peoples was one of the names they could have been called was Turnstiles. Like, you know, Turnstiles, that was kinda dope. And they had another one that, that I don't think I don't think anybody liked. But they ended up it was like, What do we call ourselves? And then and then they came you know, Turnstiles and then they came up with Dilated Peoples. And then I was like, damn, that's dope. And that was, you know, that's when they were doing that. So, first time I met Bus Driver. Bus Driver said that he met me at the Good Life because he used to go to the Good Life at a a 14 year old. But as a 14 year old, the dad would drop him off at the Good Life. But the first time I met Bus Driver was at the CVE shack, and he was already working with CVE. And 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 it was crazy because I saw him do a song. You know, he was like recording a song with with Riddler and uh and Nigga Fish and and. And, and, the, and the CVE camp up on a uh, 80th and uh, Normandy shit. And uh, when he rapped, you know, that was a good life. You know, it's all about crazy styles and shit. But when he opened his mouth and rapped, it was crazy. He was like, he sounded like Elizabethan. You know what I mean? Like I was like, because I was into British humor and British comedy at the time at, at a young age. So I was into Monty Python and all this crazy shit. So Benny Hill. So I was like, to hear somebody, yeah, it was like almost Elizabethan. It was crazy, like Shakespearean shit. My world in Rosen, Rankin's, it's like some other shit. So, yeah, immediately, the first time I heard Bus Driver, I was like, what the fuck? I like gravitated, like, to, to kicking in with him, and we started working immediately. Like, he was, but CV, he was under like CD's wing. And so that's the first time I, I met Bus Driver. He, he was, he, he was a uh, Bus Driver, actually, man, if you dig deep enough, and I mean, dig deep enough, because Bus Driver's first rap name—I think he used to call himself Rogue—but he actually was in a group called. Oh man, he's in. A, he was in a rap group as a little kid, and it was like, and and it was like one, and it was like a rap group, and I think, I mean, when he was a little kid, like 12, 13, and he had a video, he had a music video, and it was like some old like. You know, protesting protesting the LA riots type shit. Like I don't know. Like he was, you know, the, no, he was a kid. No, he was more like a kid rapper. But but he definitely, from what from what I remember him telling me, he used to get dropped off at 14 years old. His dad would drop him off 
at the Good Life. So he was more like one of the kids in the in the crowd at first. But by the time I met him, he was already like CV had picked him up, or like he was kicking him with CV, and, and that's how I met him. Because we all became, we're all in the same crew called the Afterlife. So that was like my first real rap crew with with a Mexican descent and uh, CVE hip hop clan. Uh, the East Side Bastards, Mr. CR, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Cypher 7, which is like a dope-ass group. And, and just, yeah, I was a bus driver was part of that. When was the last time you talked to him? Last time I talked to bus driver? Fuck. I don't know, man. I haven't seen Reagan in a long time. Uh, I, I, every now and then, like every now and then on the internet, I'll just like troll him or some shit like that, I think. Him and him and uh, bus driver open Mike Eagle and No Can Do, they were doing something, and and then I think I I think I tweeted them like, man, I wish I was black so I can kick it with y'all, you know, something stupid like that. I don't know. Or I was like, oh, you know, what I mean? like I was like, I wish I was black and I could hang out with y'all, and they were just like, fuck you, you can hang out with us anytime, you fucking asshole. So shit like that. But now I haven't talked to Reagan in a hot second. I haven't seen him, man. Our music. Oh yeah, you know what? I played with them a couple years ago. Two bus driver, me and bus driver were no homo, but we're like damn near attached at the hip as far as like creatively working for years. We we were playing on each other's shows for five years. I mean, bus driver and a Mexican descent were like, we were just kicked it every day for years, you know? And then, you know, bus driver kicked it with Freestyle Fellowship and CVE. And, and then as he developed and grew as an artist and became famous on his own tip, and, you know, he's a, he was always one of one of the people that worked like like me, you know, he always worked with like all the other Blodians, you know what I mean? You know, anything from No Can Do to Mike and all those cats, you know, he was, you know, Bus. So yeah, I haven't talked to Bus, man, in a hot second. Every now and then I see like his new music videos. I know he's on Chesky's label. I haven't really had a real conversation with Reagan in a hot second. Probably like, like the last time I played with him, which was about like Back to Basics two years ago. We we played together and I think that might be the last, the last, uh, time that I actually really kicked it with him and I don't know we don't we just don't talk on the phone I don't know it's crazy shit it's crazy how you can be like best and it's not a bad thing but it's like literally you know this music thing um life you know art art and music and and, and the people that you make music with like I mean I have a lot of lifelong friends you know what I mean that that you know I still work with DJ Nobody who I worked with in 1994 you know I started working with DJ Nobody in 94 and, I, and you know Oh me, you know, there's still people Disky. I mean, I live with Disky and I started working with Disky in '96, and I like I, I live with Disky still, you know. But uh, there's people that I, that I still work with from the from the beginning. But a lot of you know, a lot of people that that I let's say I consider to be best friends, like bus driver or dude, life wrecks all. You know what I'm saying? Like these, even Disky, who I live with. I mean, I live with them, but it doesn't mean we always kick it. But it's like uh, those times, you know, the shapeshifters, you know, the the times when when I could go to Santa Monica or, or Venice and, and, and in the same room, you know, it's Rob One, Bleak, Circus, AWOL, Radio Inactive, Life for Exile, Kuma, Die, and maybe Matt Trey. That's 10 dudes and me and some other cats and, you know, MCI and all these other cats. And, like, you know, there's 12 shapeshifters kicking it for hours, three three days a week. You know, that, that kind of – that time's over. You know, Mexican descent – me and Cholo Lancinco, you know, from from the time I was 18 and I met Cholo Lancinco and we started working on a Mexican descent, me and, me and Danny worked together for, for damn near like 
15 years and, and, and I actually, you know, but, you know, me and Danny don't kick it. You know what I mean? Visionaries, I mean, from 1997, we, we, we made four albums and we're together almost every day for years, but, but we don't all like, it's hard. We have to like plan to meet because we live a different life because life is more important. Not that life is more important than hip hop. I guess it is, but, but family and, 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 you know, you grow. And one thing I tell all these MCs out here or people that make music um, is to enjoy the shit. And like, you know, I'll give you an example. Tonight out here in San Bernardino, like yesterday, I mean, you know, there's there's uh, Sully, uh, you know, he, he's an engineer, so he has groups coming by. And, you know, I see these kids rolling in, like these odd feature kids rolling in like seven, eight deep. And it's like, I remember the time when I would go with seven or eight people to the studio and work on stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I just, it just isn't like that for me anymore. But with, with Bus Driver in particular, like, I think our music, um, our music has just gone to different places. You know, he, he's, he's dabbled with everything from electro hop to like progressive stuff to like non hip hop stuff to, you know, uh, almost indie rock and, you know, and in fact, let's, let's get into some Bus Driver. Um, Let's do two two bus driver songs, man. That I I want to. My favorite two bus driver songs in the world are my favorite bus driver song is "Sun Showers," which is not a song they even raps a lot on. But let's get into two songs. Let's get into "Bus Driver," uh, "Sun Showers," which is my favorite bus driver song, and let's get into "Bus Driver" and "No Can Do." Moisturizer, which is "Bus Driver" and "No Can Do." Flashbang Grenada, that was the name of their group, Flashbang Grenada. And in fact, Grim Image, we're really proud. Grim Image, we put that out. Uh, shout out to Crego, Lego my Crego. And shout out to all the Grim Image family. We, we put out this uh, project that nobody really knows about, Bus Driver No Can Do. So, Bus Driver Sun Showers, Bus Driver No Can Do, Flashbang Grenada, uh, Moisturizer. And uh, we appreciate you, uh, 2MX Hologram Podcast.
and you most likely don't have any swag. These non-nourished motherfuckers steal the Bavaganas, or your volley, or recover your play. When I started the point, figures will ruin your whole day. And then they got all the ladies overnight, wear a face vest that looks like sag veneer. Taking all the beauty caps, all the rabbit enthusiasts, sauce swinging off the chandelier. And you probably get the hope break when it exfoliates your swag from ass to ear. Flashbang of love by the cold and Sarah, rock around, ringing up aloe vera. Ring a John Banner, on the tanner, the stomach, another app for a skin bronzer. Woman in the lemons in the dishwater, got me no can on the wallpaper. We tell them. Rubbers, 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 rubbers on your butt cheeks. Yeah, and the show is that the We hit the cover for your legacy like and a winner. We make the local government throw up a white flag. Fashion people treat this like a Christ tab. Move the key of a major triad. And the woman's ready to jack a little over the iPads. So if you got an angle, leave it, understand it. And then maybe you will understand that, baby, I'm bad. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Nothing like jarritos with no gas in it. I'm gonna take another sip. Mmm. Mmm. Taste the secret. Anyway, those are some bus driver songs. And yeah, I guess we're reminiscing now. I mean, this show has gone from R.I.P. Cadillac, Ron, R.I.P. R.I.P. Dave Bowie to talking about why me and bus driver aren't friends anymore. That's funny. But uh, um, yeah, man, I know. We need to get bus driver in the show, man. But if we can do that without it sounding like we're working out our issues, you know what I mean? Like if it, can, if it can sound like an interview and not like a therapy session, then I'm super down. But it's not like, you know, you know, I feel like tech nine. You know what I mean? I don't be like, why you ain't call me? You know, but yeah, same thing with life for exile, man. Hey, Pablo, if you're listening, fuck you. Where the fuck are you? Lazy ass fucking working at Home Depot motherfucker. Um, same thing with life for exile, man. Like, you know, but but I guess the bigger point is really, um, and I love Pablo, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or as we call him around here, Sandra's man, since, you know, he, he's like, he lost his identity. I don't really call him Pablo. There's no need to call him by his name. We just call him Sandra's man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Last time I seen him walking down the street, he was holding a purse. But, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm just fucking with you, Pablo. Pablo would understand these things. Anyway, um, First time I've seen Sick Jackin? All right, we'll go into that story. Uh, That's a good question, because I got to think about that. First time I've seen Sick Jackin ever, because it could be two or three places. Oh, yeah, okay. First time I've seen Sick Jackin, I believe, I believe the first time I've seen Sick Jackin was at East L.A. College, and it was a show... And it was like literally the first year or two of a Mexican set, and we were we were heavily in the mecha scene. All the all the college mechas. Shout out to East LA College. Shout out to Northridge. Shout out to UCLA. Shout out to uh, Dominguez Hills. Shout out to USC. Shout out to all those colleges that used to. Uh, have met us and would invite us to play in the early years of a Mexican scent. And I, I believe, I believe the first time I met them, because I want to say I met them in Pico Union on some rap shit, but no. And I want to say I met them at The Good Life, but no, I think I met them at East LA College when we had a show together. And this was even before Psycho Rum was called Psycho Rum. I believe they were called, for a, for a little bit, they were called Natural Herb. And, and and I'm telling you, I remember Sick Jackin and Duke and Brown Man when they have Brown Man in the group. And I think 
I think Rosario, still their DJ, and Brown Man was in the group. And it was them. And Sick Jackin was stressed. And the ill part was like, before, I don't know if they had developed the gas mask concept yet, but if you know, because you know how Sick Jackin looks, how he has no like facial hair and all that. He looks ill. Imagine like a really young, tall Sick Jackin, and he was wearing like air, air, like air pilot goggles. You know what I mean? Like he he looked ill. He was already experimenting with like, you know, things like styles and stuff like that. And I remember that. I remember Duke just looking like a gangster. And uh I remember meeting them, Brown Man, and then being cool. I remember seeing them at the Good Life. And and kinda like, you know, we were just nothing but respect and clicked up with them and played shows with them and you know, I was there the day that Be Real discovered them in, in a, at the Placita Alvera. We played, OMD played with them and some a bunch of other groups at Placita Alvera. And, and that was like when Be Real like, first seen them or whatever. And so, you know, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I saw Sick Jacket and them like, yeah. Is that the first time you met Be Real? Um, no, I will Be Real. Um, man, I've done a, I've been lucky enough to do a song with Be Real, but I wouldn't even know if Be Real knows who I am, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, um, no, you know what? I used to work for Cypress Hill. I used to when I first was in the game. When I first started going to the Good Life, I met this dude named Link, and he was a promoter for Relativity Records. And he got me in the promotion game. I started interning for him, passing out stickers and flyers, beat nuts, CDs, and all this kind of stuff. Like during the, I worked for Relativity Records when they had the beat nuts first album, when Commons first album. The Bone Thugs and Harmony, uh, the Black Eyed Peas when they were at Band Clan, Blood of Abraham, all the the stuff on Roofless right right around where, when Easy passed away, right before Easy died, I was working in Torrance, California at Relativity Records. So that led me to passing out flyers to because uh, I used to I used to really want to be down with Volume Ten, and Volume Ten was like trying to manage us or whatever kind of thing and Valentin was like come I'm, I just got signed to Immortal Records and I'm, I'm gonna be being produced by Cypress Hill and all those dudes and Cypress Hill to like even though B-Real's like Cuban and Jewish I thought B-Real was Mexican so and and, and basically B-Real's like an honorary Mexican B-Real and Evidence from Dilated are honorary Mexicans in hip-hop so I was like so I was, Cypress Hill was like the biggest thing I mean they were the shit you know so I was like anything i was like what be real from cyber funk dubious you know so uh i think i met be real first time i met be real i probably just saw him at a show because i was a fan but then i ended up working at at uh immortal records slash buzz tone management and buzz tone management at the time happy walters this dude he they managed cypress hill house of pain funk dubious and then later and later they, they managed uh super cat the RZA, uh, the the RZA, and, and a bunch of other groups. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, be real. First time I probably met him was probably at the at the management. You know, just being a fan. And I would go like Cypress Hill would, would go play like San Francisco, the Cow Palace, and me and Rocca and my homie Item would follow them just to go peep it out. Or I would be like street promoting. You know what I mean? Like I, I at one point. In the mid '90s, when uh, this is to all the tagger people or all the mid '90s LA hip hop heads, do I don't know if you remember the sticker revolution when stickers were like, when not only like bombing stickers, when when somebody created the concept of stickers being a whole page, 
like an 8 by 11 and people just started bombing the freeways. I was one of those kids. I used to go, I would go on the 10 freeway off Robertson and just pull over at 4.30 in the morning and just start stickering AZ, AZ. I'd make an A. I'd make a giant A and I'd make a giant Z for like AZ. Homie, that road with Nas. Yeah. And every sticker said AZ and I'd make a giant A and a giant Z or Chino XL. I'd be, I'd make like a, I'd make like a giant X with Chino XL stickers and shit for, you know, the promoter and shit. I was like, that's my, that was like my little thing into vandalism, but I would just fucking like, I was promoting. So Cypress Hill at the same, around Temple the Boom. Um, Muggs, I was working for Muggs for a hot second where, where I was like a street teamer and he got, he saw us doing work. So he got, you know, we got a bunch of stickers and we just fucking Cypress Hill stickered, you know? I was like a big fan of shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Last, last one. Last one. All right. Who, out of everybody that you ever met? Uh-huh. Which was like the craziest? Who out of everyone that I ever met, who was the craziest meeting? Um... I would have to say, I mean, I mean, I've told, I've already told the story about how Mac Ten pulled a gun on me. So we told that story on the air on one of these shows. So yeah, Mac Ten, I think I did early, right? Yeah, I think we told, and I told the story that Mac Ten pulled a gun on me. I think that was kind of crazy. And the crazy part about Mac Ten pulling a gun on me was that at the, if he would have killed me or shot me. When they went, when, when the police eventually go to my house, they would have seen a Mac 10 gold record on my wall with my name on it. Cause I worked for Priority Records at the time. And like, but, uh, I, I think I told that story. I'm pretty sure I've told that story before. So Mac 10 pulled the gun on me. It was kind of crazy, but I think another crazy story, if I can go away from the Mac 10 story, would be, uh, a meeting a rapper. Hmm. You know, you know, uh, oh well, meeting Supercat, you know the Don Dada, the Don Dada, Anana Subaga, I am an. I mean Supercat's one of my favorite artists, dude. Like Dolly, my baby. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like Supercat's a shit. Um, I met Supercat, same thing, working for Bus Tone Management, and they had a concert. And since I worked for the management, I just remember having to like roll with Supercat somewhere. So I rolled with them like in a limo. And at the time, shit, tying that shit in with Sick Jack and in Psycho Rome, um, this was, there was a long time ago with, I don't know if it was Joker brand in the early days of Joker clothing. Shout out to Mr. Cartoon and that guy, I got nothing but love for that guy. That guy, even though I've only kicked it with him a couple of times, Mr. Cartoon put me up on so much game and like, that fool would try to put wisdom down on me. So shout out to him and, and, uh, Esteban Oreo, you know what I'm saying? All those dudes, uh, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Supercat. I had to take him somewhere or go with him somewhere. And I jumped in a limo and I had some Joker shirts that said West Side. And remember those shirts that just say West Side on them? Like some gangster shit kind of. And uh, so I gave him some shirts and he was like, oh, this is tight, whatever. And I'm not lying. And, I, and I'll tell the story. Nobody wants to hear this shit. But I just remember being in a limo with Supercat. And this fool straight up had a shotgun on his lap like a shotgun on his lap and he was just like and i was like i don't know where we were going but we went somewhere and this fool just had a shotgun on his lap like like a shotgun on his lap in the limo and i was like well shit i've 
the Don Dada fool. Like, I mean, if you know anything about Supercat, and and if y'all don't know who the fuck Supercat is, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna end up riding out with a Supercat song. I mean, Supercat's a shit. Uh, just to give you an example of how dope Supercat is, he's actually the the he has the recognition besides being a celebrated reggae artist, one of the greatest fucking reggae artists, um, because of his. He had these hip hop remixes by by a dope ass producer named Bobby Condors, and uh, who, that would take his reggae songs and like throw hip hop under them. Like I mean, like I mean, sick. We're gonna go. We're gonna write out to some Supercat. But he's also famous for being the person that can, can be said that is the first person to ever have Biggie Smalls on a song, and it's it's Dolly My Baby, and it's Supercat, dude. It's Supercat, Mary J. Belage. And then it has Biggie, this other dude named Third Eye, and then Puff Daddy raps on the song too. But Puff Daddy, and we're gonna go out, we're gonna write out to the song Dolly My Baby. Puff Daddy actually raps and he sounds all grimy. I mean, Puff Daddy's like, I make you sound grimy when I'm gonna it's fucking ill. So we're gonna get into that at the end of the show. And it's like the the famous uh first verse from Biggie, you know. I love it when you call me Big Pop, but the show stop, but the prompt drop. But super cat past the clock. And Biggie Smalls is delivering the lyrical lyric. I mean, it's so dope. So we're going we're gonna to play that. But yeah, the Don, and then the Don Dada, man. Just, I mean, super cat has songs with Heavy D. Them No Worry We. Oh, man. He has songs with, with Wu Tang Clan. He has songs with Method Man. He's sick. His songs are dope, though. His, uh, his, his songs are really dope. But anyway, that's all I remember, man. A shotgun. So we'll, we'll write on that on that. So, um oh yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah dude so on top of that we'll we'll, we'll write out on that and uh i just want to tell you i really 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 appreciate you listening to the show and, and in fact um i gotta get into these these sponsors around the people that are are following my stuff first of all um like i said please uh if you in la man if you to all my smoking people to my cannabis community just like I just want to give the biggest thank you because uh, people are reacting hella dope to uh to my new wax man. I've got this fire nug run uh two max underground hellfire OG cake batter. I mean it's like it's banging, dude. I, I've always wanted as a youngster, and in fact we're working on it now too. But I always wanted my own strain of weed, and actually we're working on it now. Like one of my homies is is uh working on it now, so I might by some point later this year have my own strain of weed that's gonna be dope but cake batter was like the first thing that we came up with we got this cake batter and uh man i've got a bunch of stores that are taking it man if you're in san bernardino if you're anywhere you know i'm in san bernardino all the time but you can hit up the san bernardino wellness center uh at the san bernardino wellness center and it's on 1558 north waterman ave and uh they got it homie be like i need that tumex i need that tumex hellfire let me punch up a couple other stores. I got it. If you in downtown, the CHR in downtown, man, California Herbal Remedies, they got it. So that's the downtown spot, California Herbal Remedies. I got two other spots. Hold on. The IE is just looking out for me. If you in Pomona, the Hatter House, Hatter's House, it's in Pomona, Hatter's House. So you need to. So if you in Pomona, you need to go there. I got a spot in. Uh, I got a spot in Anaheim. Let me let me punch up the spot in Anaheim. Hold on a second. Where's my Anaheim spot at? Anaheim is popping at 
well, we also got it at the the Downtown Patients Collective. That's in Riverside, the DTPC. Those are Downtown Patients Collective. And that's 9160 Mission Boulevard in Riverside. So, dude, Riverside, dude, they got a number. Nine, five, take it down, get a pen. You got it? You got it? 951-332-6301. 951-332. So, dude, in Riverside, you have no fucking excuse to not be smoking my shit. And the last spot, I think, is in, is in, it's actually like a secret spot. You got to be on some membership shit. So they were, they were even on some like, they're, they're on some secret shit, but they're the, uh, they're, I think they're like the Kush House OC. Hold on. Let me, let me find this. I gotta, I gotta give my people their due. Hold on. I got it right here. Yep. The Kush House OC. So K U S H H O U S E O C in Anaheim. And in fact, if you want to be down with them, you got to be a member. You can't even like walk up and get it. So the Kush House OC, it's a 714-261-5768. So that's the spot in Anaheim. So all my, if you in the OC, Riverside, Pomona, San Bernardino, or downtown LA, we got you covered. Next week, we're going to be in a, um, I got a meeting with a delivery service in Hollywood. We're going to have Hollywood on lock. I try to go to the hood. If you on Century and Manchester, Century and uh, Figueroa, I try to go to the hood, but there's a bomb-ass spot out there. But our stuff's like a little too expensive for that spot because in the hood, you know, they just want them they want them, they want want them, them $10 grams, you know what I'm saying? So we're a little too pricey for the spot right there. But, but it, you know, our stuff is nug run and it's cracking. So I want to give a shout-out to all the sponsors. I want to let you know that Rhymefest LA is coming back in March. And, uh, man, I want to give a shout-out to Best Extracts and, and, and everybody, all the people at Cannabis Cup, Abracadabs. Man, I'm, have, uh, I'm helping uh, Abracadabs get down this year, and uh, those dudes have been real good to me. So I'm going to catch you at Abracadabs, man. I got nothing but love for, my, for the homie John and, and those brothers right there. So we're making shit crack. Dude, my, I'm telling you, though, my Hellfire OG is popping. I'm trying to put it in. 50 stores man it's it'll be on dude so tell your people man demand it go to your favorite collective and demand it anyway we're gonna ride out on some super cat and i uh, just want to thank platform collection for having me hosting the event support all the podcasts all of them even the cookbook one even if you know whatever even though he smells like a limo driver or whatever you know what i'm saying even though he smells of you know, nah, I'm just kidding. That fool stalls me out. But uh, anyway, support all the shows. You know, um, what what whatever happened to Arash and the DMT? Can can I do? You know what? Can we do a show where I actually take the DMT? Like, let's do like 50 minutes of show. Play a bunch of music to set it up. We'll play a bunch of psychedelic music. Then I'll actually take the DMT, and then you guys can monitor me. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'll be able to talk. Huh? We'll do a play by play. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna do a show where I'll do like 50 minutes of talking, and then I'll take DMT, try not to piss on myself, and then you guys can see, just give a sad, sad telling of what happens. And then when I wake up, 15 minutes later, or when I come out of the DMT experience, then I'll like see if I can remember what happened. Cause I have a really bad problem. I don't remember my dreams. I, I don't. For, so I have this one thing where I just don't remember my dreams. All my friends. Well, I've taken I've taken DMT twice 
before, so I'm sure I'll remember something. But we'll get into that. Damn, well, I'll fucking poison myself for you if I have to. You know what I'm saying? I'll poison my... Yeah, look, these fools are all fucking like acting like they're my older brothers. Like, yeah, do it. Piss on yourself on the... This fool's got a video camera. This could be the end of my career, fool. Like, these fools just want to fucking TMZ me right now. But uh, I don't know. Shout out to Arash. But anyway, shout out to all my people. And support, man. Go to my band camp. Uh, 2max bandcamp.com i got fucking music that's fucking fresh dude and um uh, uh support the show i appreciate your patronage and i appreciate all the love and all the positive messages i'm getting um well this show's gonna air and we're gonna film a sh- another show right after this with my boy sully from grim image records i'm gonna put you up on game on who he is and uh yeah man shout out to all my people we will catch you this is super cat dolly my baby featuring biggie smalls and puff daddy Tumex Hologram Radio. Catch you next time. Peace.